At Baptist Health South Florida, it's our mission to care for you when you're injured or sick and help you stay healthy and fit. Welcome to the Baptist Health Talk podcast, where our respected experts bring you timely, practical health and wellness information to improve your family's quality of life. People need to be together, but to slow coronavirus, we also need to be apart. Host Dr. Jonathan Vialco and his guest chaplain Renato Santos examine the role of spirituality in facing the challenges of social separation on this episode of Baptist Health Talk. Hello, Baptist Health Talk podcast listeners. This is your host, Dr. Jonathan Fialco, and I'd like to welcome you to another special edition of our show dedicated to bringing you the latest information about coronavirus. In our previous coronavirus podcast, we talked about the medical facts and the effects of stress on our psychological and physical health. Today, we're looking at the impact of this unprecedented period of social isolation. It's said that human beings are hardwired to be social creatures. We naturally crave the company and support of others. So what happens when that's suddenly taken away from us? when family members are separated, especially from loved ones who may be ill? And what can we do to try and ease our anxiety and find some kind of peace? I'm very pleased to welcome Chaplain Renato Santos, Assistant Vice President of Chaplaincy Services for Baptist Health South Florida, who will share some insights and perspectives through the lens of our pastoral care uh, um, leadership and department. Um, welcome, uh, Chaplain Santos. Thank you. It's my privilege to be here, Dr. Fialco. As, um, as a background, our hospital chaplains represent a number of different faiths. They're all specially trained to provide emotional and spiritual support to patients and their families in times of need. Um, before we talk about the particular aspects of our current pandemic, can you tell us a little bit about what entails the pastoral services at, at Baptist Health South Florida, what, what the pastoral services entail, what kind of services have been provided historically, um, and then we'll talk the specifics of, um, of this particular environment. Sure. Uh, we uh, have been uh, with Baptist Health since its uh, very first day uh, as a faith-based institution. Uh, we have been uh, committed to providing spiritual, uh, emotional, religious support uh, to all the communities that we serve. Uh, important to note that uh, uh, chaplaincy services are, are interfaith by nature and by approach. Uh, we uh, meet uh, uh, folks from all walks of life, uh, from all faith traditions, beliefs, and uh, and those who are yet exploring uh, the spiritual path. And uh, our approach and commitment is to uh, support all those who come to our doors, uh, who are served through any of our facilities. So Baptist Health uh, Chaplaincy Program uh, is represented in our ranks uh, by uh, chaplains, uh, who are clergy from a variety of uh, different denominations. Uh, we represent all major faith groups uh, in uh, the South Florida area um, uh, with chaplains, clergy, so pastors, priests, rabbis, and uh, we have resources uh, that we can reach into the community as uh, needs emerge, and sometimes beyond our capacity and ability, uh, but we try to provide, and we want to make sure that everyone uh, that comes through here will have uh, the support they need in a way that it's uh, meaningful, it's contextual, and makes sense to them. Um, and I think that's a, an excellent point we started with, that pastoral services have been part of the Baptist Health South Florida build from the very beginning. And I think none of us that have been through the hospitals or work within the system have, have not had significant and positive interactions with pastoral services and certainly through our patients and the care we deliver. Um, so, so with that foundation, what are we kind of seeing now in this time of, of need? Um, it's certainly there's great anxiety out there. 
What kind of support are people reaching out for during the situation? How has how has the pastoral services department expanded in, in the need and to provide the service during this pandemic? You know, as we try to make sense of uh, what we're facing right now, I, I think we, we draw on our experience. And it, it shows in many, many ways that we're dealing with the, the matter of scale. Uh, we, uh, you know, what we do every day is uh, to be present, available, and to provide uh, support to folks. And we like to use the term we, we journey along, uh, we walk with uh, through uh, a ministry of, of presence. Uh, and sometimes there's not much that can be said or should be said. And it's not about theologizing. It's not about uh, having the exact answers for folks, but being there with them wherever they are in times of loss, in times of crisis, uh, in times of of disappointment, but also uh, celebrating, you know, victories, recoveries, and the experience of healing. So what what a situation, a, a pandemic such as this presents to us, it's it's just exponentially uh, 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 takes something and, and, and grows it in magnitude for us. So uh, we experience, as everyone else does, a sense of uncertainty, uh, And uh, but try to together uh, pool our resources, uh, connect folks, uh, and to help uh, each individual uh, to uh, reach uh, into their personal resources, faith resources, so that we can all cope together. Uh, so grief, loss, uh, uh, the crisis that we're facing regular uh, days and events just magnified significantly at this time. And while we, we use the same approach and care and tool, you know, our concern and prayer right now is that uh, we might be able to muster the courage and the strength that we, we need to uh, be able to address uh, uh, what's coming our way. So obviously the scale is what separates um, our present time from previous time. The work of pastoral services hasn't changed. The need hasn't changed, but the amount of family members and patients and people in our community who have those needs have really um, put significant um, um, stress, if you will, or at least put the pastoral care uh, services into prominence. Um, we also know that hospitals everywhere have had to change their visitor policies to protect the patients and the medical staff. This doesn't just affect the COVID-19 patients. How are you counseling patients who are dealing with this separation, maybe even from afar, not at the patient's bedside together? How can you, how, what can you say to help caregivers and loved ones in the time when they're not necessarily connected um, in space because of uh, the COVID-19 um, issues? Uh, we have created resources uh, for patients and families that we have shared uh, on how to access the technology that's uh, so widely available today uh, via Zoom and Skype and FaceTime. Uh, these are uh, the means and methods that, uh, you know, we normally use in our private lives that uh, a few weeks ago we perhaps would not have imagined that we'll be utilizing uh, to such a degree, but it's become a daily practice for us. So I have, we have some chaplains now that uh, uh, are having to work from home, and we have others who are still uh, in our patient care units. Uh, but for the most part, uh, we are reaching into patient rooms by phone, by phone-to-phone -phone video calls, uh, we are uh, relaying messages uh, via video calls and using tablets uh, in 
in experimental ways and as we anticipate that we will be using them more and more in days to come uh, to be able to uh, connect families remotely. And as you know, anyone can imagine, this has probably been one of the most difficult aspects of uh, providing care, comfort, and support is when um, we try, we have to do that uh, remotely and uh, without a face-to-face, without uh, the warmth of, of closeness. And um, so all of us are being asked to adapt uh, and uh, families are having to deal with this very, very difficult situation. And uh, our, our, our best hope is that we will facilitate what is a very difficult process as best as we can using technology today. The, the, the power of touch is, is one that's well-established, and, and that might be lost, but you do feel a, a sense of bringing connectivity and developing connectivity with those people in need through these remote type of um, modalities. In surprising ways, yes. Uh, I think we, we have uh, this assumption that uh, anything that's mediated through a screen uh, has so many barriers, and perhaps uh, that is true to a significant degree. Uh, however, uh, I think what we're experiencing is it is an efficient method of bringing people together, as um, we try to do every day in the midst of a very difficult and dark hour. Can we find uh, the silver lining and find some positives to bring ourselves encouragement and to extend encouragement to others as well? If we can uh, sort of recast uh, this methodology of communication and uh, find positive ways to use it, uh, I think we can uh, we can accomplish a lot. Um, and, and we would be remiss if we didn't mention the complexities of the end-of-life circumstances, again, prior to the pandemic, but maybe uh, even exacerbated. It's never a good time to face the serious illness of, or loss of a loved one, um, and it must be particularly difficult you know, during this pandemic. Um, can you talk to us about some of the complexities that the families are facing um, um, in, in the situation where we're dealing with, um, you know, people getting very sick and in the hospital for long periods of time. Sure. And, and let me go back a little bit, you know, uh, in speaking of scale, I think it's important to note as well that, uh, you know, there's a difference in scale, the size and magnitude, but there's also the uh, uniqueness to what we are experiencing. There are dynamics and challenges that uh, uh, we're all unfamiliar with. Uh, and, uh, you know, the threat and the concern because there are so many uh, unknowns in days ahead. I, I think you spoke uh, briefly about, you know, how that we as human beings are hardwired uh, for connectivity. Uh, we are built, I think, for community. And, uh, and we draw strength, uh, our support. We are held accountable. Uh, we, we, we bridge with others um, through these personal uh, close connections uh, that we have. So I think uh, uh, by far the the most significant impact uh, or change that we're experiencing today is that we're being asked to communicate uh, uh, differently uh, with physical uh, distancing. And um, uh, what I have uh, observed, you know, I've, I've seen uh, over the last uh, few weeks is um, uh, people are resilient uh, and um, even through distancing, uh, they find ways to create connectedness and togetherness, as in uh, families walking uh, on the sidewalks uh, and uh, even creating space from past others who are passing. But there is a sense of community being built as well. Uh, there is the sense that uh, 
perhaps for the first time, uh, someone has been invited into someone's home. Now, granted, via technology and video, but uh, there is a connection at a different level. So, I think what I think it's it's a tremendous uh, uh, it's a ray of hope, and it's something that we we should hang on to and learn from is uh, as we have in crisis past uh, through this resiliency that uh, human beings have is to take something that is really difficult and challenging and, uh, and, and turn it for the better and to find ways to connect, to support, to encourage. Uh, you know, as we look at social media today, we've seen that uh, within just a few days, uh, faith communities uh, have uh, uh, started uh, providing uh, sacred spaces, uh, uh, quiet spaces, uh, places for teaching and connecting where they're bringing folks together, whereas in the past, uh, you know, uh, others would congregate in one place, and we would uh, continue to encourage uh, folks to do that, to to create social distance and find connections online. Uh, but that has had uh, really significant and positive support uh, from uh, what we have seen so far, both socially, emotionally, and spiritually as well. There are certain things many people may have taken for, grant, for granted in their life, and now there might be a higher appreciation of that connectivity and that, that, that need for um, um, uh, socialization, and then conversely for their own internal peace. So maybe it's a good, good time to talk about that a little bit. I can tell you, from personal experience, as someone at BHSF who is a participant in many of these high-level discussions, um, it starts with a simple message of, of peace and spirituality uh, by you or other pastors in our in our in the pastoral care department, and it kind of sets a it sets a stage for what is a, a very respectful um, and and somewhat positive and difficult time um, discussions. And I think that that level of tranquility is is much needed as we deal with these difficult times. You, you've written about the benefits of spiritual practices, including prayer, meditation, mindfulness. Many people call it the mind-body connection. So um, I'm going to ask you how this can be particularly helpful now. You alluded to it a little bit, maybe a little more in depth. But before, I do want to make a point that does someone, do you feel, need to have a particular close relationship to God or organized religion to benefit from, from both pastoral services as well as this, 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 pur- this purposeful mindfulness? Well, absolutely not. I, I um, you know, what I tried to, to share earlier is that, um, you know, our presence here and the reason we exist as a spiritual support program is to be ready, available uh, to meet, uh, you know, patients, families, uh, folks from our community, wherever they are, uh, whether they uh, practice religion in a formal way, uh, whether religion has been something that's been a negative experience for them in the past. Uh, so there's no requirements. There's no specific faith background. The intent and the commitment that we have is to uh, meet with folks wherever they are in their journey and in their search. Now, we do we do believe that, uh, you know, there's a spiritual dimension to all of us. And, uh, you know, there's this vertical connection to something you know, greater than we are. And, um, you know, as a faith-based institution, we have a very clear identity about uh, who we are, and that informs uh, how we make decisions and how we resource, allocate. Uh, but um, the other aspect of spirituality is the, the horizontal, is, the, is the, the connectivity with others as well. So in a holistic way, um, 
uh, we are available to all, regardless of belief, uh, non-belief, different practices, uh, different approaches to spirituality, and especially those who are searching at a time like this, crisis tends to sort of uh, uh, open us up to questions of what I normally refer to ultimate concern. Most of us on uh, on an everyday uh, kind of walk are not thinking deeply or uh, 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 delving deeply into uh, theological questions of purpose, meaning, and, and existence. But uh, crises like this, widespread as, as this one is, uh, tends to um, uh, um, make us pause and to ask important questions. So uh, that's, that's a, a, a place where there's lots of possibilities uh, for growth, for healing, for deepening. And if we may... Uh, and humbly so, we pray, uh, be able to meet with someone at that point in the journey and to be able to make a difference uh, that will be uh, 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 a source of, of, of joy and fulfillment for us. And something else that I, I like to say, and I think it is important uh, when you talk about ministry and service, it is always a two-way street. It is not something that uh, uh, chaplains from the clergy uh, uh, do or should do to anybody, but it's a two-way uh, two-way road where when we connect and we minister, when we serve, we are blessed as well, and uh, uh, we are being um, uh, encouraged and and served and uh, 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 fed spiritually as well by those we have encountered, uh, even through these days uh, that are very very difficult. And I, I do believe though what you just expressed so eloquently is something that. Um, I and others are, are actually experiencing and, and we're seeing. Um, how can we how can we help people recognize that when people get up in the morning until they go to sleep, uh, work, family, kids, shopping in this time of need, uncertainty? What what kind of simple messages can we give to people that they can actually practice, if you will, at home? We can talk about reaching out in times of crisis to pastoral services, um, loved ones ill, but but what can people do at home to take a few minutes and and you know, find that little bit of tranquility in this when they're surrounded by all this uncertainty. I shared, uh, uh, at least in a number of places this past week, uh, uh, as you have mentioned, about the, the idea of mindfulness, uh, meditation, contemplation, to being able to pray, to meditate, uh, to be mindful is uh, to have a space that is quiet, uh, to protect that space if it is behind a closed door. Uh, if it's in a room, uh, or to tell our loved ones, you know, I need these few minutes, uh, to, uh, to, to reconnect with myself and to, uh, center down, uh, to be in a comfortable, uh, safe space, uh, uh, physically, uh, uh, where you're not strained, uh, where you can breathe relaxed. And, um, and the next step then is to, uh, 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 to focus on your breathing and to um, uh, breathe in and to breathe out slowly. This may be done with eyes open or eyes closed or focused on a particular object. Um, there are different approaches to meditation and mindfulness. One might simply um, try to avoid any thoughts, anything that's complex. Uh, or one might also recite a prayer. Uh, or a mantra, or 
uh, review uh, some some pleasant, uh, wholesome thoughts to visit a place in one's mind where one can feel safe and renewed, uh, and to exercise that for just a few minutes, five minutes a day, ten minutes a day, can make a big difference. Um, physiologically, it has an impact on how our brain waves work, how our body reacts, on blood pressure. It's been scientifically proven. And um, by doing that, I think it could make a huge amount of difference in how we cope with stress. It helps us to build an immune system, as science has told us. And it helps us to uh, be able to cope, gives us more resilience for the challenges that we face every day, and especially during so, the moment of crisis. So there's no art to what people can do for themselves. They can find their own means of finding that little tranquility and peace. And again, it can be for five minutes a day. The point is people have to decide, I want to do this, and, and put that in their schedule, whether it's get up five minutes earlier or find that little transition period. It won't necessarily just come to people spontaneously, and I think that's, um, um, you have a lot of specific um, um, aspects of what people can do, and it might it might be valuable to have a follow-up podcast going back to uh, specifics of how people can, uh, again, get through this period of, of social isolation and, and uncertainty and stress, and what those techniques may be, so I appreciate um, those those insights and comments. Um, before some, some final thoughts, I'm going to ask one more question. You alluded to it in, in some of your um, inspirational comments, um, but I think you, you had said um, in one of your messages uh, fairly recently, it may seem paradoxical, but there's a hidden strength in shared vulnerability. Can you expand on that on that thought a little bit, um, specific, uh, that specific thought? Sure. I, you know, as, as I think about what we're going through right now, I, there are many experiences that humans have that may not be shared or understood by everyone. I think the experience of pain from the moment of birth uh, through the moment of death is one that I think uh, everyone would understand, pain and fear and anxiety. And uh, when we have an event such as this, uh, a pandemic, a catastrophic uh, reach, um, we understand in as much as we can um, what pain and fear and anxiety is because we are going through that ourselves. And um, uh, those across the world are going through similar uh, emotions and feelings. So uh, if we feel vulnerable, we know others are vulnerable as well. That, uh, that brings us together. It, it, uh, it, it brings our humanity into focus. And, uh, and if we are humble enough and if we approach this with humility and we understand that uh, 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 we are interdependent, uh, uh, we need one another if we're going to get through this. And we are dependent upon God as well. If I may speak from my own tradition and my own uh, uh, belief and faith. Uh, so we, we're all in this together. Um, uh, we share uh, this common experience of being vulnerable to something that is bigger than we are. And in that sense, I think... Uh, as it, it may feel that um, uh, weakness uh, uh, is, is paradoxical in a way uh, that it can bring strength. I think we can find strength in the midst of all of this, and we should capitalize on that. 
That's, that, that's a, a very profound thank you. Um, listeners, um, you can go to www.baptisthealth.net. They have a COVID-19 information page and includes mental health resources as well as medical facts and other um, pieces of information that we can find very helpful. As usual, please send any email on ideas, topics, comments to baptisthealthtalk at baptisthealth.net. Um, I want to um, um, give profound thanks to Chaplain Santos and the entire pastoral care team at Baptist Health South Florida. Um, your compassion and your true love for us transcends all the uncertainties and fears that we share. Um, I would take the liberty to ask uh, Chaplain Santos for a final benediction for our listeners and the community at large as a uh, uh, end comment for this podcast. Thank you. I, it would be my privilege to share with you. Um, I share a resource that has been uh, shared with me, and this comes from the Central Conference of American Rabbis. It's a prayer uh, that has been uh, used over the last few days, and it's been meaningful and impactful to me. So please receive that uh, as a word of encouragement. When fears multiply and danger threatens, when sickness comes and death confronts us, it is God's blessing of shalom that sustains us and upholds us, lightening our burden, dispelling our worry, restoring our strength, renewing our hope, and reviving us. Lord, you abide though all things change. Be with us and bring us hope that in days to come our hopes and aspirations may be fulfilled for our good and the good of those we love. Uphold and sustain us. As it is written, have no fear for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with the power of my righteousness. Amen. Amen. Nothing more to say other than stay safe, everyone. Thank you. Find additional valuable health and wellness information on our resource blog at baptisthealth.net slash news. And be sure to interact with us on our social media channels for live and upcoming events. This podcast is brought to you by Baptist Health South Florida, healthcare that cares.